0: Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans.
1: This show is for coaches, self-growth oriented folks active humans or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement and themselves. Thanks for tuning in and we cannot wait to share this space with you. It out. <sighs> oh, because Sarah and I just spent the first hour which was supposed to be podcast <laughs> just chatting, reminiscing about life. So yeah, I needed a little self-regulatory shake before we get into today's episode, which is on, I think, a very like, timely, important, and deep topic today. So deep. Sarah, Sarah's like, no, it's <laughs> Um, But we're talking about what it means to believe in yourself, which sounds a little floofy, I think, on the outside. But truly, it is a game changer for what we are able to accomplish. We see it time and time again with clients, with those who believe in their abilities, have that growth mindset that we've talked about in the past, and who truly understand that despite obstacles, they will be able to accomplish what they want. That is huge in a client's success, in the way that they tackle the setbacks, that they troubleshoot the obstacles, and ultimately achieve what they want. Versus the clients that we have that feel like that comes and goes, like the self-belief in terms of their nutrition, their fitness, or other domains of their life, maybe fluctuates a little more, or maybe is a little absent. Um, So today we're going to talk about that, how we see that play out in clients, and probably talk about what we've experienced in terms of self-belief for ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm. We don't necessarily have an outline today. We're going to kind of just go with the flow. Yes, Sarah's
1: nightmare.
0: (laughs) Um, but this idea was kind of sparked because I've been doing a real series before I decided that I hated Instagram and never Mm want to fucking open it again. Um, just kidding. I've decided that a million times over the past two years (laughs) and then changed my mind. Um, but a real series on kind of like trusting the process and what that truly means. And then Nicola had a good conversation with one of her peers,
1: peers, yeah, our most annoying coach friend. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he listens to this. He would life. never listen yeah, to yeah. This. <laughs> um,
0: and it was about self-belief and kind of your personal experience with your current situation, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're kind of just gonna have an open conversation about what Shoot it means. Shoot the to like, shit
1: about self-belief.
0: Yeah. yeah, what it means to believe in yourself and Thus, you know, trust, trust the process and kind of how that plays out.
1: Yeah. And we did a full episode about trusting the process, didn't we?
0: I don't think we did it on trusting the process. I think we did it on measures of progress that aren't related to body composition.
1: Hmm. So Hmm.
0: non-scales measures of progress, which definitely tie into this conversation, but this will little, be
1: a little bit more on the like mindset kind of thing yeah that that cute word mindset um but I mean it does also tie into like the growth mindset fixed mindset and really just like how we are viewing ourselves our body our life and how that really impacts like the actions and behaviors that we ultimately take that we know impacts our ability to achieve or not Uh um okay so why don't I like just double back to this conversation with said friend (laughs) um (laughs) So we were talking about one of his clients actually, and he was struggling to communicate different things to her. She was someone who had come in and said like, Hey, I've tried everything to fix this. Um, He's a strength coach, not a nutrition coach, Um, but she had some pain going on. She had a previous injury and she was really struggling to really see herself moving through that and getting past the injury into full function again. Um, And what him and I decided was maybe going on and was really hard to communicate was this idea that while she would say she believed him and trusted him to program for her, she didn't fully believe in herself, in her ability to actually overcome the obstacle, despite trying everything. And despite telling this coach that he believed or that she believed in him. And so
0: just side note on that so she didn't have belief in her ability to actually like didn't have belief in her injury improving mm-hmm. she had belief in her ability to carry out the program but the mm-hmm. the um disconnect was in that that would have any difference
1: yes correct she okay. would do all of the work he programmed but it was like every week she would be like yeah it felt okay but like are we done right um and so um, as coaches, um, we have these kind of conversations all the time where we find ourselves kind of in like loops with some clients where we're talking about things, trying to talk about it from every angle, give a ton of different examples. Because for some clients, if we have more like analytic clients who really need to embody that information or understand it in their own way, sometimes it does take a little bit longer. And sometimes it takes them feeling like it's their idea or that they finally interpret it to be right. Right that that kind of like self-belief or buy-in happens. So as we were discussing it, um, the idea of like self-belief came up. And what we decided was that maybe we need to, or he needs to have a conversation with this client about her actual belief. Mm -hmm. But self-belief is tricky to get at because I think if you were to ask someone like, do you believe in yourself just on kind of like a plain scale basis? Most people would say, yeah because we've gotten this far in life, we can look back at the handful of successes we've had. Maybe it's like you graduated, you finished a degree, you got a job you wanted, you found a partner, you know, all those things. There are examples of success, but when you talk about self-belief now going forward and looking at the future self, I think we don't spend much time considering our ability when we go forward. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've like experienced that with your clients or yourself. Absolutely. And I think a big piece of
0: it too is that There's so many different domains in which self-belief plays into. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, a lot, myself included, the clients that I work with, lots of us possess a certain amount of self-belief in some areas and then completely lack it in other areas, which can make it tricky because it's, yes, there is like this overarching theme, but it's also, there's so many little like sections underneath that where our previous experience ties in, you know, our upbringing, our value system, all of these things are tied into the amount of belief that we hold in our ability to do the thing in whatever domain it is. So I think it's, it's a really nuanced, um, and tricky conversation.
1: Yeah. And I think Too, when we're looking at like, what is the difference between like self-belief and confidence? It's the same kind of conversation where it's tricky to get at the essence of it or like what really prompts someone to have confidence. When we look at nutrition, it's like a lot of people think they'll be confident when they change their body composition. But in most cases, it's the confidence comes from doing what we say we're going to do to holding ourselves to standards and meeting those standards to being like having self-efficacy to all those things. But when trying to communicate that, um, we kind of decided that a great way to maybe get this client to recognize her own self-belief or lack thereof was to give her a scale saying like, I want to know where you would rate yourself from zero being like, um, I forget what we defined it as something like, I rarely, if ever truly believe that I'm going to be successful. Whereas like say a five would be like. I know deep down that I will be successful and can achieve what I want despite obstacles, setbacks, or failures. So there's a huge discrepancy there. And in the middle, maybe it's like, um, maybe my self-belief wavers. Sometimes I feel like when I'm making progress, things are going really well. I do have the belief. And maybe um, when faced with failures, sometimes I experience self-doubt. And then the question comes like, what does self-doubt do for us? Can we be someone who experiences self-doubt, but also believes in ourself? Um, And from that conversation, I kind of like looked at my own situation and was like, oh shit, like, I don't actually believe in myself right now Mm -hmm. with my fitness and nutrition. And it's a pretty like confronting feeling to be like, why wouldn't I believe in myself? Especially like being a coach, there was a lot of like internal like shame wrapped up in that because it's like, I help my clients with this all the time. Mm -hmm. Why would I then not experience the same kind of like thing? So it's, it's a messy conversation to have with yourself, I think. Um, and can be messier still when you're trying to encourage other people to get to that point. But I think it's a very like pivotal, kind of moment in coaching or just in personal work when you are identifying areas that you don't believe in yourself and getting real about why that is. Yeah. I'm trying to think.
0: Yeah, I don't know. this conversation, there's so many different ways that we could take it take it and look at it. Um, I think having this conversation with yourself and having it, um, with other people in your life, whether you have a coach or a therapist or friends that you feel comfortable talking about this stuff to, it can bring a lot of clarity because I think a lot of times we are working towards a goal and it's almost easier for us to, you know, say this process isn't working or like, the method isn't working or some external thing isn't working, even if we are being quote unquote consistent, which we've talked about a lot um, and really like put that on other things when our mindset around it and our belief in our own abilities and our ability to achieve the outcome is maybe what's lacking there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And so coming to that realization can, change a lot of things in the way that we are approaching.
1: Yes, exactly. It changes like the intent Yeah. because as soon as you like believe in yourself, the approach becomes so much more intentional. It holds so much more purpose and we're getting so much more out of it because you're not just, you know, going through the motions absentmindedly, you're doing it, With like the the outcome in mind, yes, but you're also so much more present in the process itself. And I think just by doing that, you're putting in more effort. Um, and your expectations then become that much more real. For sure.
0: It's almost like I wonder you were talking about that study that you um you and Chris were talking about in this conversation. But to me, part of it is like I see it as like almost a placebo effect. Mm Right. Totally. Where it really is, it it's like maybe nothing else changes. You know, the system doesn't change, the methods don't change, but your belief in that working Mm -hmm. makes such a huge difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's That's a really good point.
0: What the placebo effect is. And there's so many studies on the placebo effect in terms of um,
1: you know, medication and stuff like that. But, But truly it's power. Yeah. To make change. Yeah. And I think too, so I brought this to my coach's attention and told her, like, hey, I'm, I feel like I've been kind of like floundering a little bit with what we've been working on. And through a conversation, I kind of like had to take a really hard look at shit and be like, okay, hey, cool. I don't actually believe that I'm going to achieve what we're working on. And in the moment, it can be really defeating. Then it feels like, okay, what's the point? Like, I should just stop if I don't believe in myself. Um, But she was really great in what she said too. She said, like, it sounds like there's self-doubt there. That's a very, like, human, a very natural thing. There's self-doubt in everything we do, Mm -hmm. especially when we're doing something for the first time or in a different way, or when we put pressure on ourselves. Um, But the difference is is being able to take a look at that self-doubt and recognize that there is a way through it rather than it being like the limiting factor that prevents us from moving forward. And so I'm not saying this to tell a story about how I've magically turned a corner and instantly (laughs) believed in myself. Um, But even just having that kind of like awareness now has at least made the goal change for me. And so the goal now isn't necessarily like the outcome. It's just to know that I have the ability to put in the most effort I possibly can into the things that I'm working on right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been really helpful to focus like more day to day in terms of my effort in terms of like, I I believe I can put my best foot forward every day. Mm-hmm. That seems like an easier kind of stepping stone than saying like, I believe I can get to that like X outcome. Right.
0: Yeah, there's a, it's like, instead of going zero from a hundred, you're focusing more on like, the quote unquote smaller things and the things that are 100% within your control, Mm -hmm. right? That effort piece is 100% in your control, whereas the outcome is not so much. Um, And that's where, you know, being invested in and trusting the process really comes into play too, right? Because yes, we need belief in that outcome, but we don't get to that outcome haphazardly, right? We get to that outcome by putting in the effort and, making sure our expectations are aligned and continually doing the things that we know are correlated with the outcome. So we need to trust ourselves and have belief in our ability to actually carry out those actions, um, external from the outcome as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like when I look at my own situation, I think a big piece of like how I'm moving forward through this is knowing that there are people in my corner who actually do believe in me, maybe more so than I believe in myself right now. And I think we've probably all heard like these like beautiful stories about how someone was like hit with some misfortune or in like a dark place, but they had like one person who was like, I know that things will be okay. Or I know you can improve this, or I know that you will get to your goals, your dreams, whatever. And that's a really powerful part of the process is having someone who believes in you, even when you are experiencing those moments of Mm self-doubt. But I think it's our success isn't because that person believed in you. It's because they instilled that self-belief in you. Exactly. They supported you in taking that on personally. For sure.
0: And that's what we try to do as coaches, right? the best mentors and the best coaches that I've ever had have been ones that have instilled that self-belief in myself. It wasn't like, oh, this person, you know, thinks I can do it. It's they have helped me truly believe that I can do it. Right. Um, And it's, it's more intrinsic in those situations.
1: Mm -hmm. But like, I think it would be easy too, and I I can think of exact scenarios where this has happened to me, but someone will believe in me and I'll be like, okay, cool. I'm going to do it so that I like, please them so that I can prove them right. And I'm still not necessarily doing it for me. Yeah. Because that's where it's
0: intrinsic, extrinsic, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And you don't have that self-belief in those instances because it's a lot of the time it's in those situations, it's not even something that is important to you.
1: Yeah. Right. That's a very good point. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. When we're doing it out of like a people pleasing situation. Right. Um, it's usually because someone else wants it for us, which is interesting. I have another thought on this, especially with the situation with the woman who was in pain. Um, because I think that this is another thing that can get wrapped up and we're just like having a general conversation. We're not giving any, like, you know, do this thing to boost your self-belief. We're just kind of like yeah, having no. an open conversation here. So maybe some of these will resonate and some of it won't, but I do think that in a lot of situations, like the one where you have an injury or you've been, for some reason, you've had to like, take a step back from what you were doing, whether you, I don't know, you got hurt, you had some sort of life change or whatever that kind of like took you out of something. And now you're trying to get back into it. Um, I think a lot of times we start to tie our identity to that new situation. So for this client, it might've been, you know, she now so much of her identity is tied into her injury you know? So she's someone with a fucked up shoulder or whatever. I don't know what her injury was. Right. And she just can't do these movements. And, you know, she's just never going to be able to do these movements. And now that's so ingrained in like who she is that the thought of being able to do those things or not having that injury is almost more scary than just like staying where she is because now
1: it's like part of who she is and it's comfortable. Does that make sense? Totally. I don't think it's like a, a conversation that w- one would have with themselves consciously. Yeah. It's like, I can picture myself in that. I used to have the fucked up shoulder and it would be like, I would go into the gym. No, I would, was going to have to scale. I was already ready to tell the coach, this is why I'm not doing, you know, this is why I'm not snatching today. Yeah. Um. It was like, the dialogue was already there. I already knew what was going to go on. So it's not like I ever paused and was like, oh shit, I'm scared of, not having to tell a coach that I have to scale right. or like going in, but it just becomes so second nature that we, we our awareness from that maybe being a negative part of our lives or something that doesn't have to exist forever. Kind of just like diminishes because we're so comfortable with it.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a subconscious thing. Right. Um, and we see it lots in like, you know, parents who have young children or, other situations where your capacity for what you used to do has changed, Mm -hmm. right? And you just kind of like accept a certain situation as your new normal um, without necessarily any belief or, um, well, yeah, I guess it does come down to belief in your ability for it to be different right and there's absolutely a difference between recognizing obstacles and true barriers that exist when we go through life changes and you know completely disconnecting or um putting off the opportunity for something to be different if you want it to
1: mm-hmm. yeah in our notes um the one of the few things we did write down was this idea of like acknowledging barriers versus making excuses mm-hmm. And this like becomes a tough conversation too with clients because I believe that like as a coach, it's not in, I'm not in a place where I can tell a client, hey, look, you're making an excuse because I don't have all the information as much as I can get to know them. Um, I'm not going to know everything about them. I'm not going to know or have lived their experiences and I don't really know what is a true obstacle or barrier for them or what is an excuse. I can use what I do know about them to kind of guess and ask questions to help them recognize it. But we don't really know. And so like part of our work is to help them identify like, hey, where in your life are, or in like what we're working on with nutrition, fitness, what what have you, where actually are you making the excuses where you could be doing more? And why are you making that excuse versus like, what is a real barrier that we need to find a workaround for? Yeah, absolutely that,
0: um, that why are you making that excuse conversation often ties into this self-belief issue, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where as a coach, you can have those conversations with your clients to kind of uncover. And if you're, um, someone listening to the podcast, you know, thinking about this for yourself, that's a great place for you to start and kind of like hey, what are the common themes that are coming up in terms of my thought process around like, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, this is too hard, kind of those types of things. And then taking a deep look at that and really think like, is this a true obstacle? Like for example, being a parent, besides giving your baby up for adoption, there's not much you can work around in terms of being a parent, right? You still have to parent your children, um, that is a very real obstacle, but within that, are there certain areas where you are making an excuse because you lack the belief in your ability to, you know, if you are asking someone to help with childcare, do you lack belief in your ability to actually use that time towards the goal that you want to achieve or, you know, other things that you might be delegating or setting boundaries around, um, that's something that you can really kind of dig deep with yourself or with your coach um, and kind of uncover there.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, and just while you were talking there, one other kind of example came up that I used to like be super guilty of making this excuse, but it was the like, I don't have time. Right. I would use that excuse for everything in the book because I was like busy, Right. but it was really that I wasn't prioritizing. Absolutely. Whether it was like putting in the extra 30 seconds to track and log my food, whether it was like taking the time at the end of the day to get to the gym, whether it was like making time for a friend or a family member. It's always like, I don't have time. I don't have time. And sure, there were cases where I needed to prioritize something else, whether it was work or school but the, I don't have time excuse wasn't really what I was trying to say. It was that I wasn't prioritizing that or couldn't prioritize that in the moment. Yeah. And when I was like kind of using those like vague excuses, I really wasn't getting to the root of it, which was like, why am I not prioritizing it? Like, what about this thing isn't um, important enough or like on my radar enough for me to want to prioritize it and in some cases it was because I didn't believe that it was going to happen for me Mm -hmm. so why prioritize it then
0: yeah then it doesn't seem worth it right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that reminded me of a
0: conversation I've been having a lot with a client lately who's similar um, in this like I don't have time situation Um, she's a human who like like me likes wants to do everything and wants Mm -hmm. to do everything perfectly you know um, but unlike me, she's very social also. So when we started diving into it and like looking at things more, she recognized that she was filling a lot of her time with social commitments where they weren't necessarily like filling her cup,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where she is an extrovert, and social time does definitely um, energize her. But she was realizing it was like so much that it was taking away from her ability to feel grounded and prepare. and, like, take care of her environment and stuff. And also it was kind of just a way to like, quote unquote, escape where it was just time where she didn't have to like, think about things or anything like that. And in that she wasn't actually present with those friends. So it wasn't actually fulfilling for her. It was just like this numbing time. So she's been working a lot on like, not saying yes to all of these social commitments, especially during the week. And instead using that time to do some more meal prep, to get some more workouts in, to clean her space, like make sure her kitchen is clean and she's feeling a lot more grounded and she's like, wow, I did have this time. I just like, wasn't necessarily like putting it towards the right things.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure we can all relate to that in some, in some way with this Mm -hmm. idea of like wasted time or or not taking the time to do what you actually want to do for yeah. whatever reason, like being on social media and doom scrolling is a great example of like, that's not helping you in any way, but like Absolutely. how many of us do that? How
0: much could you get done if you didn't do that?
1: Like, <laughs> look at your there. screen
0: time. Lots of us let's, have screen let's time. Let's that's on. like six plus hours a week. You know,
1: like it's a lot. It's, it's truly a lot, but I mean, like I, and there's lots of areas i do that. Yeah. My biggest one is like staying in bed in the morning. <laughs> right. And in this
0: conversation too, i think and for me my head always just goes here because of who i am as a human, but we need to be mindful of this need to be productive all the time too. For sure. Because we're not saying you need to be productive and doing shit with every single second of your day. You absolutely need that downtime. Um But there are situations where, okay, so if someone's staying in bed in the morning, right, for an extra, let's say, hour, maybe they do it for half an hour instead, and then they use that half an hour, extra half an hour for something. Um, And just being mindful of, okay, that downtime that you are having, is it truly recharging you? Yes. Is it truly benefiting you, right? It doesn't have to be productive time but it should be helping you in some way. And for most Mm -hmm. of us scrolling, social media is not helping us in any way. And, you know, for me right now, gray's anatomy usually isn't helping me in any way. (laughs) Um, but for you staying in bed in the morning might be supportive for you right now, because it's something that you might not be able to do when school starts. And like, you know, you have
1: that time right now. I don't know. I mean, there's definitely days where it does feel like that, but again, it like comes down to my intention with it. If I tell myself tomorrow I'm sleeping in, this is what I want it to look like and feel like it feels way different. Cause then I get up, I know when I'm going to work, I don't feel rushed. I don't feel guilty. But when it's like, I'm just pressing snooze and doing fuck all and without like an intention, it doesn't feel good. It absolutely doesn't have that same purpose behind it. And it's not Mm. restful. It's not charging a, a, no yeah. not in the yeah. slightest instead oh. I wake up and I'm like fuck I'm behind Scramble, scramble, scramble. start the day messy yeah and then it feeds into the rest of your day
0: right um and it can it can depending on the situation it can easily turn into a spiral of self-doubt in every other area of your life yeah you know, I was like just gonna say
1: like why would I believe myself to achieve like big goals when I don't believe in myself to get out of bed <laughs> yeah. one time yeah <laughs> <laughs> which there
0: is nuance there. And obviously yes, if we course. have, um, depending on, you know, your mental health and stuff like that, these are very, you know, challenging things for certain people to do. Um, so we're not discrediting that at all. Um, but yes, it does. I remember a long time ago on, I think it was like freaking a D and Mike or some shit. Um, we were, on a podcast they said something about like when you push snooze it tells the world it tells the universe that you don't want your day to start and like how is that a way to start the day or something and I was like yes (laughs) and so I never pushed snooze for so
1: long and now I'm like you know what sometimes you just need it yeah for sure but I think it's like taking that extra second to check in with yourself like why do I need it and what can you like take from that so if I'm pressing students all the time it's like a pretty good indicator like yo bitch maybe you should just go to bed earlier yeah
0: Yeah. or set your alarm for 15 minutes later
1: yeah exactly (laughs)
0: like that is something that I've talked to with so many clients of like if you're setting your alarm for 6 30 and you're not getting out of bed till 7 every single day don't set your alarm for 6.30, you know, like just let yourself have that extra 20 minutes of uninterrupted sleep and set your alarm for 6.50, 6.55 and actually get up. And it's going to be a much better start to the day than pushing snooze however many times.
1: Yeah. Or, or press snooze if that's like what you want and what you enjoy to do. It's like, again, the attention, the attention matters there.
0: Yeah. Anyways, that got in a very different direction than we were planning for
1: this yeah, but that's the beauty of these. <laughs> <So> <laughs> a beauty beautiful. and a curse. Yeah.
0: I'm like, let's fucking reel it back in. But then I'm like, oh, wait, there's no notes. What are we talking
1: about? <laughs> well, ultimately, it comes down to the idea of self-belief. And I think like that really does run through so much of what we do, not only in coaching, but just in life and relationships and work and in play and all of that kind of stuff is just taking, taking a, a moment now to reflect on this and be like, where do I believe in myself a lot? And like, maybe if there's areas where you have less self-belief, like what can you take from the areas that you do? Yeah. Um, where can you sprinkle in a little bit more of that? (laughs) Um, and, and where, where do you need a little bit more work Mm -hmm. and starting to develop
0: awareness of like, if that self-doubt is coming in, you know, what, what is the situation around it? When does that self-doubt come in? Does it come in? What is it tied to a specific habit that you have? Is it tied to a certain situation or relationship or something like that? That is all really good awareness on the flip side to build too, to help you um start giving yourself a better chance to develop that self-belief. So there's two,
1: two kind of sides there. Yeah. Boom. Was there anything else? I don't know I don't think so I mean I'm sure this is something like you could talk about it so many different angles depending on like how someone was feeling about it but I mean for our purposes I think I think that's all my thoughts on it for now beauty maybe we'll have a follow-up episode yeah down the road (laughs) yeah
0: okay well you gotta fuck yes or fuck no
1: um Okay, fuck yes. I'm going to see Sarah next weekend. That was going to be my no, fuck
0: yes. was it? This, this weekend. Not this next weekend. weekend. Yeah, yeah,
1: so true. And like four yeah. days we'll be in each other's arms. Wait. So exciting. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Three days. In three yeah. days we'll yeah. be in each other's arms. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly. going to Calgary for a wedding and Brad and I are going to stay with Sarah and Brad and it's going to be so fun and we're going to hot tub and eat lots of snacks. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. And this maybe it be so nice. Maybe Brad and Brandon will share a bed, so we can share a bed. <laughs> <laughs> think
0: That's you like make-
1: every time that
0: Nicola and I, it's usually just us two, like either at your place or my place. And yeah. I am always want to be like, uh, can you guys like sleep in the other room? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, please well like you've got a spare bedroom you've got a couch we have two spare bedrooms now. oh six so they could yeah. each have their own they don't even have to share if they don't yeah, exactly want but maybe they want to <laughs> maybe maybe
0: <laughs> that's so funny that's two big boys in one bed they would need the king bed for sure
1: well fine
0: yeah <laughs> we have two king beds though
1: wow. one's just on the
0: floor it doesn't have a a bed frame yet
1: oh shock on that one
0: yeah I like sleeping on the floor. That's in the spare bedroom
1: upstairs. Okay, cool. So that's our bed. Yeah. I'll text Brandon right now. Okay. (laughs) Um, that's our fuck. Yes. What's the fuck? No. Um,
0: this is a fuck. No for me, but I feel like you, you like this more than me, but we're getting ready to paint our main floor.
1: Oh yeah. I fucking love painting.
0: Yeah. You're really good at painting, but yeah, we're getting ready to paint your main floor. And like That's an area where I'm fucking pumped for the outcome, but not the process.
1: You just have to believe it. I know.
0: (laughs) I know. I can be patient and not. I just remember when we painted the Lethbridge house and we all like came over and I remember I think it was Brandon like was pushing so hard. He like literally like made ridges in the wall from like the paint roller. Right. Yeah. He's not a very good
1: painter. Yeah, no. I love him. He's got so many skills, but that's yeah. not. One of
0: them. But I'm like that too because I'm so impatient. And I like somehow get paint splattered all over my body. Yeah, that turns like out it's all over me. So no one's
1: surprised about that. Yeah, I'm not pumped.
0: But I do have to go get new paint samples because we're not going to do the color we did upstairs because it turned out too gray. And mm. I want it to be like white oh so I a good a
1: good good color is hard but um
0: I'm gonna just put feel- it on like five different walls downstairs because yeah when it oh upstairs, yeah on the wall to. when we did the swatches like I painted on the wall in our bedroom mm-hmm. and in my office it looked good and then we painted it all and I'm like it looks fucking gray
1: yeah you gotta leave it up for like to see all the different kinds of light
0: yeah and then we also need to change the light bulbs in our house because they are very like cream colored. So it's making mm. all the stuff look
1: like, you know. Well, if you want to pay to fly yeah. me out again, I'll paint the house for you. <laughs>
0: Amazing. Yeah, yeah, we should have made it this weekend. Yeah. I do really like painting. I don't know why. Like therapeutic for you probably.
1: Yeah. It's oh, just like how you like doing like the canvas
0: podcasts. things. Like it just like is an aesthetic <laughs> thing for you.
1: Maybe. But I like the physicality of it too. It's just like something that there's such a good tangible outcome. Like you feel so satisfied yeah. when it's done. It's like instant. Like you instant can see the difference just like when you vacuum, you can instantly tell the difference. Right.
0: That's true. Oh,
1: I love yeah. it. That's true. <laughs> um,
0: okay. This, I'm not going to go into this. It's going to be too long. Anywho, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. I just had like five different thoughts, but it's
1: we'll a save them for us. Yeah um okay well that's it that's it yeah go into the world believe in yourself you can all do it cheesy bullshit yeah get after and it if you don't you can message us and we can commiserate together yes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely because we are not pretending to believe in ourselves every day either
0: oh mine's been so wavering lately very wavering you. which is life yeah i won't bore you all with that conversation <laughs> um we're gonna wrap it up because now we're just rambling uh okay okay bye everybody on uh, me
1: yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <The> and <laughs> our listeners, listeners too but yes. i haven't said it to sarah in a while <laughs> okay y'all are the best and we'll see
0: you later love you
1: too Bye-bye. Bye. bye